Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have my good friend. I'm actually traveling today. I'm in the big city of Atlanta, Georgia, um, but the A-Town, there you go. But my homie, my sister, uh, somebody who I love and adore, Ebony K. Williams is joining. What is the K for, Ebony? It is for Kiana, Attorney Sellers, Ebony Kiana Williams, which I have to say must be one of the blackest names in television and broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, I think we actually talked about this because I used to date a Kiana. I hope my wife's not. She she knows that already. She's like, why are you talking about her on the show? Anyway, and it was a Q. It began with a okay, Q. Right, so, right. so there you go. There you so, go. We usually start each of our episodes by having our guests walk us through the arc of their careers, but you've been on the show before, so we'll skip that. Thank Other you. than your book that we'll detail later, which, by the way, I have a lot of friends who've written books, and I had to text my sister and be like, out of all our friends who actually wrote books, you took time with this. This is actually a really, really good book. Talk yeah. to me about the projects other than the book that you've been up to since the last time you were on the show. Sure. So you were recently a guest, an esteemed guest on my uh, nightly news show, The Griot with Ebony K. Williams, where you were detailing some of the incredible uh, social justice uh, and civil rights cases that you champion. And that's what we do on The Griot with Ebony K. Williams, right? It's the news, but it is specifically through a lens of uh, Black centeredness and social justice and legal issues. Uh, so that's that's always great. And shout out to Byron Allen for championing what news looks like through a Black lens. Also, you probably saw, Brother uh, Sellers, we have announced Equal Justice with Judge Ebony K. Williams coming to yeah, a syndicated platform near you. So that will air this fall in daytime court. So what type of, what are you, what are you doing? Like people stealing dogs, divorces? People like, stealing dogs, people uh, stealing cars, people ain't paying their rent, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. People, uh, people propagating on uh, tax returns. You know, it's just, it's a situation. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we, it's, it's, it's not going to reinvent the wheel, but it's going to refocus the wheel. So everything you would see on a Judge Judy or a Mathis, but we're going to elevate in terms of cultural competency. And I will be the youngest judge at 39 on, on daytime syndicated. So there's going to be some freshness to it. You done snuck around and told your age. Cause I swear I told somebody the other day you were 33. So no, I mean, I love a Jesus year, but no, I'm about, I'm about 40. Ricardo. When you turn 40? September. Oh, that's right. We are supposed September. What are we doing for your 40th? Cause I'm gonna meet you wherever. I don't even have to be invited. You just tell me the city. Exactly. Me and, Ellen that's why, and that's exactly why I'm not telling your black ass. <laughs> me and Ellen coming. I'm just going to be like, we going. I'll tell Ellen. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell Ellen. I ain't gonna oh, tell you. That's fine because I'm bringing everybody. <laughs> All I'm gonna do is look on IG and show up the next day. Shout out that's to my Tar Heel sister. It's cool. You know she loves you. She loves I you love as well. You. I love. Uh, so let, let's let me ask you just a, a real quick semi-personal question. But mm -hmm. I adore him, and I think people sometimes get the wrong opinion of him. They only read about him being litigious sometimes. But what's it like working for Byron Allen? Working with Byron Allen, first of all. <clears throat> let's let's edit that, Donnie, because I don't need no problems working with. <laughs> <laughs> I just play. Listen, I I think it's an esteemed honor to work with someone like Byron Allen, who, you know, started his career, you know, in terms of broadcasting. But Carrie Stiller does. He was a, he was actually an on camera talent. A lot of people don't know right. that about mm -hmm. Byron Allen. He was um, a prolific comedian and an on camera talent, and then he recognized the the need for someone like himself to step into the business acronym of, of television and media. And that's what he's done. So I love working alongside Mr. Allen with these projects, but I'm learning from, from Byron Allen. Let's be very clear. Byron Aaron Allen talks about ownership. And so that is a trajectory that I bring into the workspace as well. So owning IP, making sure I own yep. holding court from an intellectual property standpoint, those are all, all lessons from, from Byron. 
I mean, he he is a true legend in the field. And for those people who are listening who do not know um, who Byron Allen is, it's worth a Google and just reading. I can't wait to watch the movie and, and or read the book written about um, some of the ways he's tackled big giants in the name of black wealth and entrepreneurship. Yeah. So, look, you are one of the most brilliant legal minds I know. Um, and so I can't not have you on the show and, and, and talk about some politics before we get to your book. I know you talked a little bit on your show about these Trump classified documents and the investigations and whatnot. But what's the latest you're hearing from the DOJ on the Trump investigation? And will Merrick Garland or in this case, the special counsel actually do anything? I I still have hope that he will. I think not, counselor. I think not. Uh, I'm just keeping it a buck. I would would love it. I would (laughs) love it. Maybe and maybe, you, you know, you and justice win on this one. But. I think the problem with the classified documents now, Bakari, is everybody and their mama has them. So I think what happens when that, when it, you know, everybody's hands are a little dirty in, in this case, um, whether it's Trump, whether it's Biden, whether it's Pence, um, you know, I'm, you you and I probably got some classified documents somewhere later. That's right. Yeah. You know? So I think that sullies the potency, the potency rather, um, of what a litigation would look like or, or criminal charges would look like against Trump. What do you think about uh, somebody who I admire, who has the tenacity of Ebony K. Williams, but Miss Fannie Willis, who probably will get to Trump in Atlanta, Georgia, after she finishes with Slime Life and YSL and everybody else? What what does it look like down in Georgia? I love it. I'm, I'm, I love what she's doing. I love with uh, what our sister here, Tish James, is doing in New York. I think, you know, black women again on the vanguard of, of what, you know, prosecuting at the highest level looks like, regardless as to who you are. And and I, I would not be surprised that it will ultimately be a black woman that will be the end of Trump. No, it wouldn't be either. Why, why do you think Democrats are seemingly afraid outside of Tish and, and Fannie to, to yield power in the way that Republicans do? I think Democrats are comfortable in what is like a paper majority. Like if you look in most states and jurisdictions, there's just more registered Democrats than there are Republicans. Mm-hmm. And I think Democrats get way too damn comfortable uh, with, with that like numeric majority. And mm-hmm. that's why the energy is just not there. And I think it's a false comfort. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Well, look, the reason you're here is your new book, which is Bet on Black. I got it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to open it um, and read it because I know Ebony. And I read it and I kept reading it. 
Yeah. And I was blown away by how good the book was. So for those who were listening, what's it about and why did you write it? I wrote it because there's a lot of good news about being black in America, Bakari. And the reality is we and 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 our colleagues in this space have written as as you. Let me just pause. What I love about when you write books, Bakari, and I especially actually love your children's book, is it is also a celebration of blackness in America. Right. So your first book, you know, your memoir of sorts celebrates what it is to be a black man from um, in South Carolina doing the damn thing. I wanted to similarly celebrate blackness and bet on black. Um, there's a there's a lot of our trauma story out there. There's a lot of our heartache story and they are important. But I really needed to lean into what I feel like is an opportunity for black Americans right now, Bakari, to run the table. You know, I really talk a lot in the book about having to work twice as hard for half as much. But now mm-hmm. I am coming for everything. I submit we all come for everything. You know, th- this is a byproduct of a white supremacist system and an anti-Blackness in America that's been inherent since our arrival here in 1619 that has required us, uh, if we are to ascend to certain spaces, it's required us to be twice as good, twice as competent, twice as qualified. And now that will serve us to our huge advantage. Uh, we, we, we come to spaces over-prepared because we've had to in order to get there. And now is our opportunity to get everything because of it. So I'm, I'm very excited. And that's why I wrote the book. So your book gonna be banned, but anyway. Um, yeah, probably. We... Like, and I'll wear it as a badge of honor. Me too. I'll be out here trying to get. Why don't y'all ban my book? No. Uh, so look, this, this book, when I read it, I was like, "This is a book for us." I can imagine this book being read by anywhere from like an eighth grade avid reader all the way up through whatever is somebody who can read it, consume it, and feel good about their space and lot in this world. But if I'm a white person who picked up this book, what would you want them to get out of it? You know, I've talked to the white people, Bakari, and uh, they. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting because, as you know, as a, as a successful best-selling author, you, we center blackness in our work, but the team can have white folks on it. So what's been interesting for me is to see some, you know, like the publicist working on this book happens to be a white woman. When I was reading my audio book, one of the sound engineers was a white woman. So they actually unsolicited gave feedback. And what they said was they felt really privileged to be able to read or participate in this book, Bakari, in a way that let them basically peek into an internal black dialogue. They felt like they were sitting in a room they weren't really supposed to be in and by product of that, they were having a greater understanding of the of blackness in America totally, but also as it relates to the black people that they know, care about and love, they can show up in a much better posture to help center the experiences of uh, black folks in, in spaces. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty dope. So, look, I like these chapters. So I'm going to ask you to preview them for me, a few of them for me really, really quickly, like your favorite words to describe them or however you want to do it. Uh, d- don't let anyone make you, <laughs> <laughs> don't let anyone make you their black sidekick. Please talk about that one for us. That's my favorite title. Yeah, me too. So no more, no more Lisa Turtle to your Kelly Kapowski, no more Dion to your share. Those are pop culture references, but we know them, right? For, for too long, the presumption of being black in America is to be, uh, proximate to whiteness to be in adjacency to whiteness and really to be subordinate to whiteness, right? And what I'm suggesting in this book, Bakari, is that that day is done. Uh, and, and now it's time to stand 10 toes down, main mm. energy character only. 
main energy character only. But I mean, that's how I came out the womb. I even told my brother and sister in that I was like, I'm just glad my parents gave birth to, you know, Michelle and Kelly, because I was definitely Beyonce. Anyway, carry your carry your <laughs> blackness. Can you talk about that? Because folks sometimes will diminish who they are and who we are in certain spaces. Talk about why you think we need to and and why, and you know what, when you make yourself smaller, why that's not the move and you don't have to do that. By the you, way, you all's king did that the other day. Idris Elba. I was just, you get out my head, Bakari. I was just going to say a perfect example of what it doesn't look like is what Idris Elba has put out into the universe. And I think we collectively cringe as a culture when we see one of the uh, finest black men I know. Um, no, but all jokes aside, you know, just just a really high profile black man uh, of African uh, diaspora, no less, say out of his own mouth with his own volition that he is choosing to decenter his black identity. And we know that is only for the comfort of whiteness. We know that is only for a false uh, notion of buy-in or reward that we know will never come. You'll never be, I've never seen it actually rewarded Bakari Sellers when you choose to shriek in your blackness and your identity. In fact, I think one of the reasons you and I and Van Lathan and you know the like of us, Charlemagne, Actually, Charlene Main and I were discussing this and, and shout out to uh, he shouted you out as well. But we were talking about how when you really, really are in these white spaces, you are only respected when you show up with your full, authentic black self. When you, give, you for yeah, when, when you give the impression that even for two seconds, you have forgotten who you are in the space and that you are trying to assimilate to whiteness as a pathway to uh, success, they, they really are laughing at you. They really are laughing at you. They're really dismissing you because you'll never be white no matter how hard you try to suppress your blackness or say, I'm not a black actor, Idris, or all that bullshit. It will never be rewarded. The only thing that is ever respected by power, as Douglas tells us, is mm -hmm. a demand. That's it's right. Demand. So that's why in this book, Bet on Black, it's about demanding the centeredness of our full black experience. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, this is some of y'all king. I, I'm definitely... <laughs> I am definitely man of the year after uh, sexiest man alive after that one. Uh, subvert stereotypes. What stereotypes do you think black folks are still working through that need to be subverting at this point? I'll speak to black women for one second. And that is the and I talk about it at length in chapter two optics. That's the Mamie Jezebel. Mamie Jezebel, either as a black woman, there's only historically two roles we can occupy. Uh, big, fat, uh, nurturing, uh, wet nurse to America and white America at that which is asexual and, and undesirable, or, uh, and this is of course where the colorism comes in, essentially the tragic mulatto, uh, the, 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 the hypersexual, over-sexualized, uh, uh, white proximate, tragic black woman. We saw it in Carmen Jones, and of course we see it in the, the Hattie McDaniel character in Gone with the Wind. So I think anytime a black woman, Bakari, shows up in a space that that, that confronts that dichotomy that says I will I'm neither this nor that or at times I can be elements of this and that mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a form of protest. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty five thousand miles on. I got it to over two hundred thousand miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car. You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward anytime there's a drink like this. I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Disrupting oppressive power structures. How do you, uh, how do folks do that when they're not in a position like Ebony K. Williams in 2023? What would your advice be to Ebony Williams in 2003? about mm. how to disrupt an oppressive power structure. Mm, and you took it back. So that would be under, listen, I, I think it's in big ways and small ways. So for instance, I was, I was uh, really impressed Bakari. I was uh, in Baltimore and Morgan state university students came out and showed up and a young brother asked the same thing. He's a, he's an undergrad. So I said, it's big ways and small ways. You know, it, it could be going on a national reality TV show and being so damn disruptive that they have to cancel the whole fucking thing. Congratulations. Y'all what what happened to that? Because I, I did I've been looking on page six and since you madam attorney, since you cracked the door yeah. and you, you let it in, you let the evidence in. I gotta ask. So what happened to that? Answer the question first and then tell us what happened. Okay, so I answer the question first. So I told this young brother, you could do that, which is amazing, or you can just not move on the sidewalk. Meaning there was a time in which we were statutorily required as black Americans to literally step off the sidewalk, to not make eye contact with white people as we literally navigated this terrain. That day is gone. So yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, especially in black history, my car, you yeah. see my black ass on this. I'm not moving. Yeah. I'm not moving. So if you don't make the adjustment, white person, we're going to collide. <laughs> and that is actually a very small and kind of humorous, but also very serious way to take up space and say, you know, bygone is the day in which I have to defer to your posture. Uh, my posture matters too. So that's that's an example. Now, to, to the Roni of it all. Long story very short. Real Housewives of New York, I caught that. Yes, Real Housewives of New York. I know I know it'd be on in the background at your house, Bakari. Don't try to play. All the time. Potomac, Atlanta, I know. We don't watch Potomac because she know all of them and she don't like that. Like okay. she know them like for real, for real. That's for the real. one with, uh, with Robin on it and all of them, yeah. right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I chose to center blackness on the show, Bakari, much to the dis dismay of my white castmates, um, the majority of them. And they and the network decided it was so horrendous of an experience, like the white castmates inability to make any real space for 
a black woman who would not be subordinate or sidekick to them. It was so cringe. It was so horrific that they blew up the whole show. We all got fired. And in its place is a brand new cast for Real Housewives of New York. They fired all of y'all? You got fired all of us on the same day. But what's great is there's a brand new cast. And it is women of Afro-Latina descent, African descent, Hispanic descent, white descent and Jewish descent and classic Euro-American descent. So now it's a New York, a Real Housewives of New York that looks like it New looks York. like New York. Exactly. So, again, you're welcome. And I will say this about that. I did get fired. That is true. It was very much grand opening, grand closing. However, how many do you only did one season? You only did one season. season, were you? Yeah, I was there the whole season. <laughs> but that is what happens when you don't have to get credit and be a part of every damn thing. I really am for the progress of the work, Bakari. So it, it doesn't necessarily have to involve me for the future iteration of the progress. I just had to make the space for it. So. Well, my favorite chapter is no need to code switch. And it's my favorite because if we're going to be honest, if people are going to come for you, they're coming for you, whether you code switch or not. So un unpack that for us. Well, how truthful can I be on this show? Can I, can I talk about Ms. President Obama? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Go ahead. I'm, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it ain't um, me. It ain't me, Mr. President. But go ahead. Exactly. Because I know that's your that's your boy. That's my guy. He tell me about <laughs> it because he gonna let they Schultz is gonna clip it and let him listen to it. But go ahead. Yeah. No. Here's the thing. I rock with Obama. Voted for him twice. We'll vote for him a third time. But here's the issue. I think it's a perfect example of watching uh, what President Obama did first and second term even after he ascended after the presidency, just I feel there's a hesitancy of Barack Obama to, oop, my light went out. So look, 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 see? See what see? the entities do? Mm -hmm. That's what happens. Uh -huh. <laughs> Anyways, I think there's a hesitancy of the president to really center um, Black identity in, in the way he occupied the, the Oval. And, and that I, was wrote his, about, I wrote about that in my book, too. So and, and, that, and that's his choice, right? That's fine. My point is, is it won't be rewarded. Meaning they talk shit about Obama from day one, to, to the end of the eighth year. And they were going to do that regardless. So whether he chose to center it or decenter it it, it, it is of relevance not. So that's just a perfect example. I mean, that that actually, that's an argument that we make often. Yeah. Last question for you, most important question for you is, where can people buy the book? When does it come out? All those great things. Yes, Bet on Black, the good news about being Black in America today is available right now. Uh, you could get it wherever you buy your books. Of course, that includes Amazon. But, you know, we'd love a black bookseller. You can check that out as well. Also, audiobook is out selling my hard copies right now, Vakari, which is very it's interesting. It's your voice. It's your student voice. Yeah. yeah, I think it's my voice. And I also think it's my podcast audience, uh, my holding court listeners who are transferring over to the audiobook. Um, so I don't care how you listen to it or how you read it. Uh, just buy it, read it, consume it, re-listen and, and share a copy with a friend. So thank you. I appreciate you so much, Ebony K. Williams. Any projects uh, outside of what we discussed earlier, anything coming out that people need to do or book stops that you're making anywhere? Yes, book stops. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to New Orleans and Baltimore and D.C., which have happened. Los Angeles is coming up. Atlanta is coming up. Uh, North Carolina, come on in. Uh, we, we, we're coming for oh, you. We just so. dated ourselves because I was about to swing it. I know you like a helicopter. helicopter. I know you were. <laughs> thank you so much, McCarty Sellers. You're amazing. I love you, Ebony Kiana you Williams. You are one of the most amazing women on earth. I can't wait to just watch your show on every TV in my office to get them ratings up so you yeah. can come back a second season. We're going to get you. We're going to call start calling you second season one day soon, Ebony. Okay. 
season one day soon. Thank All you, right. Superstar. Bye bye. Bye bye.